It is December 19th, 2022. This is the Reality Stretch Show. This is Spencer Ingram speaking. Let's stretch reality. See, I got to get more organized. We got to make this happen. It almost didn't happen today. I almost broke my goal. I almost slept in. I almost didn't get up. Now, I do have a 7 a.m. commitment, so this is going to be short and sweet. But yet, here we are. So, there you go. It's all about stretching reality and um, this this accountability, this this public accountability thing I've got going on. Almost failed this morning, but here we are, and I'm so glad, because my sandbox, the sandbox is brim with things that I've added to it over the weekend. So it's Monday, happy Monday. You know, I was in a pushy sales organization once, and um, for three days, uh, I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't fully, you know, I, I appreciative of the the sales methodology that they employed but you know one thing that I've that's always stuck with me is they said you know don't ask people don't ask people hey how you doing or how you doing today because they're like everybody just glosses over that they said find a way to shake it up and wake people up when you address them so they said in that sales organization, they said, say, happy, and then whatever the weekday was, it happened to be. And even though I didn't like the organization, and uh, it, it was just such a weird organization, I could talk about it for a long time, but it was kind of built like a, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but it was very peculiar, definitely something for treatment later at a different day, but perhaps, but uh so anyway, that stuck with me, and I like it. I, I tell people, I'm like, happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. I don't know. It's just good. It's, I think it's a good way to start a conversation. So happy Monday. Happy Monday. Let's get going into something here. So um, like I said, there's a lot in the sandbox. I'm just going to pick the first thing that I see that's... Um, I'm really not something interesting that's going to need to change if this is going to be successful. I'm I'm really not a morning person. And so rolling out of bed and coming out here and trying to wake up my brain to be productive. You know, I go to sleep with wonderful thoughts, magical thoughts of what I'm going to get up and do the next day, including what I'm going to get up and talk about. And I I you know, write things down in my, my sandbox and I'm all inspired. I'm all motivated. And then I go to sleep and a few hours later I get up and I'm like, Hey, that was a different person. (laughs) So I'm much more of a night person, but here's the deal. I want to be a morning person. So, and, and I made this commitment to do the show in the morning and it would be much harder for me to do it in the evening because that's family time. So anyway, here we go. 
So I've added a whole bunch of things to the sandbox, a bunch of things. Again, how proactable are you? I still think that's a great word, and I'm going to do everything I can to get it out there. Proactable. So proactable is the measure by which you are enthusiastically, diligently, responsibly, uh, definitively smashing your tasks for that day. Okay, how proactable am I going to be? I have a lot going on, a lot of ideas, and the real tragedy of of the type of scatterbrained entrepreneur I am is if I have way too many things going and I don't take action on any of them, that's going to be the biggest failure if I don't take an action. Real quick, I just want to mention, if there's a chance of a positive outcome, that is reason enough for action in my opinion. I think that's the nature of of a real risk taker. Someone who's willing to wake, make sacrifices and take risks because there's a chance of a positive outcome. And I think that that, that chance is reason and enough in itself. And you can weave into that thought um, different ethics or philosophies or principles because obviously that changes in different situations so it may not work in every situation but in most situations the chance of a positive outcome is enough of a reason to pursue the action that creates that chance so some interesting ideas i was playing around with um so let me let me spit some of the the most interesting ideas that made it into my sandbox over the weekend so First of all, if you need some instant motivation, then watch the victory celebration videos from Argentina. They won over France. They they the Argentina won the World Cup yesterday in Qatar and if you want some inspiration, immediate pump up and good feels, just watch the celebration videos uh, in Argentina. It was crazy. I was watching these videos. I'm like, man, I should really make a compilation of these clips and I should watch it every morning because it's a good pump up, good motivation, good vibes. You know, it does beg the question, how do we get to the point where we're celebrating a general win without regard to whether or not we were on the quote unquote winning team. If that makes sense. Like were people, I'm sure that there were some people in France, I would hope that were celebrating the Argentine victory. Um, of course there, there've got to be Lionel Messi fans in France. That goes without saying, of course. Uh, but, even still, even still, how do we get to the point where we can celebrate generally the effort expended and and celebrate a victory? And then how do we apply that same principle in life? Because surely what happens most of the time is, not most of the time, that's too pessimistic to say, oft times in life people celebrate defeats. So they'd celebrate a win over someone else rather than 
their own win. So sports by nature is, is, you know, we talked about the artificial podium and how really any venture that creates a podium where there's only one spot at the top of the podium is a competitive venture where not everybody's going to win. But can you create that scenario where there is only going to be one winner, but presented in a positive manner to where everybody enjoys the process and there are really no losers? How can you frame that in your mind to be able to compete but not have losers in your mind through your positive attitude to celebrate the victors and not gloat over the losses in a sense because i really think that there are some people in life who if they were to win define themselves as winning at something they celebrate more so at beating someone else rather than their own win so how can we celebrate each other's wins and winning in general rather than celebrating someone else's loss there's a difference there i think it i think it comes into um personal perspective on life is this one of the most important questions that someone can answer now this quote is roughly attributed to albert einstein and yes i have searched on the internet to see if i can find where this quote was what you know where einstein could have said this quote and i can't find the info anywhere so take it with a grain of salt that he actually said this i mean who knows i don't lend a lot of credence to it but the principle is you know the most important question someone can ask for themselves is is someone can answer for themselves is is this a friendly universe is this a friendly universe and that's the one of the most important questions that someone can answer for themselves and i think it takes someone for someone to celebrate general victory whether it's their own or someone else's i think that that person has to adopt an understanding that it is a friendly universe this is a net safe space a sandbox an environment where we are here as a human experiment to learn to grow to develop yes there's a lot of hurt there's a lot of pain I was thinking about this as well. We were talking about escalation and interacting with people where I think, you know, the pain that someone perceives as coming from someone else when dealt out in equal measure ends up with an escalation factor. So, uh, and we, one of these days we can find that study that's on my sandbox to find that study that was referenced by Gay Hendricks in his book, The Big Leap. Great book. Fascinating study that I'm referencing. But the concept is someone perceives a force on them. And if they're asked to deal that force to someone else in kind, then if you measure the force that they're distributing, it is in excess of the force that was... Uh, had on them so there's a there's an escalation factor baked into 
what someone perceives was the force or pain and uh, what was actually the force or pain. So in life, people get caught in this trap where I think that, you know, people generally want others to experience the same things they are experiencing. So if they believe that they've been the recipient of a net pain or net loss in life, they've been dealt a difficult stack of cards or whatever, they will dish that out to other people. And, uh, you know, I was just listening to David Goggins on the Joe Rogan show. He was talking about how his dad was so abusive to his mom and to him. And he talked about this as well, that he, he just said his dad had a lot of baggage. He had a lot of emotional baggage, and uh, which he probably received from his uh, father and mother, one or the other, maybe both. And because he didn't process it, he passed it on to his son, David. Now, I think that's so profound, and it just illustrates perfectly what we're talking about here, because... Someone can want to distribute pain that they've received, or similarly, they can want to distribute pleasure, joy, happiness, peace, if they feel that they are a net recipient of these things. This may happen consciously or subconsciously, but the real reality stretch, the real change in this world is... um, is for someone to decide to process the baggage, the negative baggage, and not pass it along, and receive or generate positive impacts and pass those along in perhaps a greater measure than what was actually received. Now, this transformational principle that helps people process this is gratitude, in my opinion. And again, I am... I. I define myself as a religious person. I believe in Jesus Christ. For me, the transformative nature of Jesus Christ and his atonement is the single largest factor in my ability to to change from truly holding a grudge against someone to truly forgiving them and and wanting the best for them. You know, Jesus taught, love your enemies, pray for those that that despitefully use you and persecute you um and and that is so that is so profound all right so that's a little uh that's a little daily riff or monologue there just generally speaking how do we celebrate general victory and attract it into our life i believe to recap the transformative way to process what we may perceive to be as a net problem a net negative net pain the ultimate way to process that is to use gratitude to recognize the positive in your life and to supercharge that i think the most positive way to transform and process baggage is to lean on god lean on jesus christ and believe in them and follow them because they are an infinite source of goodness truth and light so if our world is a net energy system then god and jesus are the infinite positive energy that we can channel to to bring to this earth this environment an abundance of blessing and and positivity 
Um, anyway, but I think that the gratitude is a, is a principle that Jesus exemplified. I think we should exemplify it in our lives. Be grateful for what we have because I think that's how the lens of our perspective shifts to celebrate victories of others rather than being resentful about our loss or graciously celebrating our own victories but not the defeat of others. And again, important question to answer for yourself is, is this a friendly universe? And I sincerely believe that it is. I sincerely believe that it is. You know, um, there was a, there was a, there was a, no, I'm not even going to get into that. Never mind. Maybe I'll add it to my sandbox. Maybe I'll add it to my sandbox. Let's see. Give me a second. I'll add it. But anyway, the sum of it, and I, I just, I'm not going to look it up right now, but I am just going to mention it. There was some food corporation that was starting to add like pharmaceuticals into their food. And some people were pushing back saying, isn't this, doesn't this cut against the all natural movement? And the CEO of that corporation said, since when has nature been our friend? I mean, the, the history of mankind is a history of nature trying to kill us and us adapting. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that is such an interesting and honest perspective. I don't know that I agree with it. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I agree with that. But I think it, it depends on what you define our environment and what you define as nature. Because I think the universe is friendly. But I definitely think that there are some, some pressures on humanity that stimulate growth. Um, that's why if you look at a tree, its roots are deeper f the further it gets away from a source of water. And trees that are next to a river with an abundant supply of water and a very high water table do not put their roots down deep enough and often get blown over for this analogy. The same goes for humans. I think there's a there's some opposition. There must be opposition. And it just makes us stronger and, and prompts and prods us along the path of personal development and progression. All right, so now let's get to some meat, some substance. We're 20 minutes in here. I'm probably only going to go for another 10 minutes. So let's talk about some actual good ideas. Chat GPT, real quick. I'm thinking, I've been thinking a lot about animation, and good animation is super, super time consuming. So I Googled, I just Googled. I'm not gonna, not gonna quote the source, but something said it takes like, well, let me Google it. Why not back it up? All right, so how much per minute does it cost to animate a movie well this, that's probably poorly worded but yeah so this production hub thing is it is it credible production hub what is it i don't know but published on friday october 22nd 2021 how much does animation cost per minute of video this was an ast astronomical um 
factor. Have, okay, so cost of animation. With a variety of factors influencing the final price of an animated video, it's not so easy to decide the average price of animation. Uh, two videos of the same duration can cost entirely different due to the animation used, the level of expertise of the designer working on it, along with the fluidity of the video. Having said that, here are a few price ranges that you can expect to pay for a one-minute animation. So we're looking at like $3,000 to $7,000 per minute. Um, that's the lowest budget. Very basic 2D animations. Fluidity can be a little jerky. Characters may look unrefined. Um, usually running stock elements. Smaller budget projects. Video production companies may not offer services like voiceover scripting and music. And these are going to incur extra costs. Looking at $10,000 to $20,000 per minute. Twenty to fifty thousand dollars per minute, if for a high quality three D animated video. So I mean, look, that's crazy. If this is accurate, okay, or fifty thousand to potentially one million dollar plus per minute at this price range. Studio studios offer broadcast quality animation. Bigger projects that hold nothing back. Companies offering all services right from designing the concept to scripting to creating 2D, 3D animation, advanced effects, and a lot more. So, and then it goes in to break down the key elements of the animation cost. Who wrote this? It was... Um, oh, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually someone in India. So, is that even the U.S. currency? There's a dollar sign there. And it's a .com TLD. But how well would they know animation costs in the United States? I should talk to a real animator and find out. But here's the deal. I've talked in the past about all these shows. Anyway, credit due where credit is. Uh, this is Pavnendra Paduria. <laughs> I butchered that so bad. P-A-V-N-E-N-D-R-A, first name. B-H-A-D-H-U-R-I-A, second, uh, last name, is the founder and CEO of Essence Studios, India's top explainer video production company. So the point is, the reason why I brought that up is because um, I realized on, like, there's all these companies, there's all these shows on YouTube that my kids watch, like Odd Bods, which is made from a studio in Singapore, an animation studio in Singapore. There's others like Coco Melon, which is like animated people singing nursery nursery rhymes, and these things get millions and millions and millions of views. And there's an abundance of just garbage in the kids' video space domain. And my sister and I were talking about this the other day. She's got kids. We were talking about this, and. And we're like, you can, they could turn on like a 20 minute video of someone doing a walkthrough on a video game or something, but there's no dialogue. It's just the characters walking around doing silly things. And it could be 20 minutes long. And then at like timestamp 15, 18, you know, like everything's been fine. Everything's kid friendly. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, one character moons another, drops an F-bomb, then chops the other guy's head off. And it's like, whoa, where did that even come from? Like, that's so not appropriate, and the rest of the video's been fine. But there's, like, two seconds in here. And if you see it, and you're like... Like, if my kids are trying to watch, like, a wholesome 
something or other. It's showtime. I don't necessarily want to have to sit there and curate and monitor what they're watching. I, I want like a trusted thing. Like Odd Bods is pretty funny from the Singapore studio. It's pretty funny. Um, and I know that it's going to be kid-friendly, whatever it is that they're pumping out. Same with Coco Melon. Those are both reputable. Kids love them. It's great. But I was thinking, how can how can we just pump out content for kids or for a different target audience? And this is one of the ideas that is in my sandbox, is to use chat GPT to generate a funny story and then use AI art to, instead of trying to animate something, because it's very cost prohibitive, although I did find a studio over in like Nigeria on Fiverr that charges like 800 bucks for like a five minute animation, which is like really long. And I'm like, okay, so that's, that's really cheap. That's doable. Like you need someone who has the skills. And I, I looked at their portfolio on Fiverr and the things they've animated and it's actually really high quality and like really good, really cool. So if I ever had a big budget for something, big budget in quotes, relatively speaking, compared to what I want to do, which is free, then I definitely find a firm like that to hire. But I was thinking, you know, what's a quick entry into something interesting? And I was thinking I could take chat GPT and have it pump out a narration or a story and then get, subscribe to some sort of AI voiceover and input the chat GPT script into the voiceover to get a voiceover audio file. And then also take um, stable diffusion the AI image generator and create prompts based off the chat GPT content and then do a tilt pan zoom live photo uh, treatment maybe cutting every 15 seconds or so depending on the cadence of the story and just combine the narration the AI generated art and I, I did find I think it's called like dreamscape I want a dream studio so Dream Studio, by the way, there's a lot of AI-generated stuff, but it looks like beta.dreamstudio.ai forward slash dream. It looks like that is the... Um, I'll try to remember to put this in the show notes. It looks like... it to, to me, that was the best thing I could find because it looks like it's the official current release by the stable diffusion project all right so let me pull up my show notes document i'm gonna add this link and i'm gonna oh by the way where i decided to publish my show notes is um is uh i decided to just create a sub stack it's free it's a great platform modern a lot of people are using it so i created a reality stretch.substack.com and that's where i'm going to be posting the show notes now let me switch to my monitor here um actually we don't really have time but i did generate a story now i found an interesting way let's see here okay on chat gpt chat.openai.com 
All right, so I used a random word generator to decide what subjects to use in ChatGPT, and then I was like, what am I doing here? Now, if you tell, because ChatGPT is smart enough to do what I want to do anyway, so if you tell ChatGPT, generate list of, generate list of 10 random nouns, it's going to tell me most likely I can't do that because it did that to me once. It said, I cannot generate things. I'm Oh, it actually did it. Look at that. Good. Yeah, I had one time where it said, I'm just a language model. I can't generate things. And I'm like, yeah, no, right. Duh. You do it every day, in my opinion. And of course, it's just an aggregation from the sources it was trained on. But I found a workaround just to say, like, write 10 nouns selected at random. And that steering away from the language generate fixed the issue. But this time I wrote generate list of 10 random nouns. And it gave me a list. Cat tree, ocean, car, table, mountain, book, computer, phone, flower. So almost like an ad libs type game, I found a way to basically bake what I would use to create a creative prompt because to me, entertainment with my sense of humor has to be somewhat unexpected. There's got to be an element of surprise in humor. That's why I think it's funny to create the most random prompt possible and see what chat GPT spits out. But what's better than me creating a random prompt is for me to tell chat GPT to create a random prompt. So what my prompt looked like became list 10 nouns randomly selected. Then take those 10 nouns and weave them together in a random or recursive order into a three-minute story geared towards children. And if you want to be more specific, you can season this by saying add elements of humor, add, you know. And, and So let me do this real quick. So I'm going to say, because I need to go, so take these concepts and weave them together in a random or recursive order um, into a two minute let's just make it two minutes because I gotta go into a two minute story geared towards or the two minute story the intended audience it are is is children is let's say nine year old children and let's make it wholesome let's say add humor to the story and teach the principle of sharing okay nice and wholesome boom okay so it's going to take the the list of things that it generated but not generated it selected at random cat tree ocean car table mountain book computer phone flower 
Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, there was a little cat named Fluffy. Fluffy lived in a cozy little house with big, with a big green tree in, uh, in the front yard. Every day, Fluffy would cl- would climb up to the highest branch of the tree and look out at the vast blue ocean. One day, Fluffy, uh, Fluffy lives a luxe life, man. This tree is next to an ocean. How nice. One day, Fluffy decided that he wanted to go on an adventure and explore the ocean, so he hopped into his little red car and set off down the road. As he drove, he couldn't help but notice all of the beautiful flowers growing along the side of the road. Finally, Fluffy reached the beach and was amazed by the vast expanse of water stretching out before him. He spent hours playing in the waves and chasing crabs along the shore. As the sun began to set, Fluffy realized that he was getting hungry, so he headed back to his car to search for some food. But when he opened the trunk, he found that all of his supplies had been eaten by a mischievous group of dolphins. Man, Fluffy's got a car. Fluffy's got land-walking dolphins. Fluffy was disappointed, but he didn't let it get him down. Instead, he remembered the principle of sharing and decided to ask his friends for help. He called his buddy, a wise old mountain goat named Rocky, and asked if he had any food to spare. Rocky, being the kind and generous mountain goat that he was, happily shared some of his food with Fluffy, and together they had a great time eating and laughing under the stars. As the night grew late, Fluffy realized that it was time to head back home, so he climbed into his car and set off on the long journey back to his cozy little house. And as he drove, he couldn't help but smile and think about all of the fun he had had on his adventure. The end. Wholesome. Fun. And now you can hop over to Dream Studio and you could say, you know, cat in a tree overlooking the ocean. Hyper-realistic. Photorealistic. HD. Hit the generate button. And you can generate maybe 10 to 15 images to overlay with a story. Pan, tilt, zoom. Get an AI narrator. And you could pump out one of these videos. Now, would it ever get views? The odds are no. I mean, the odds are probably not. Unless you do some good, like, keyword research. And, you know, same goes for this podcast. This is show number three. It's one for the books. I'm going to end it. Thank you for coming. But the idea is, the principle is, having a chance of something to be seen generate views, potentially monetize it, potentially attract a sponsor. Having a chance of those things happening is often reason enough to do them. Hopefully it's something you're passionate about so that you can keep the momentum. And I think if it's something that you really don't care about, there's a great risk of burning out in a major way. But I think Having a chance of something being successful is enough reason in and of itself to do it. You also have to factor in how much is it going to cost and, and what's involved in the sacrifice of time. For me, if I were to generate these stories on this show, I'm it would be cool. And then my audience of none that is here, but... Man, whoever joins, whoever joins this live stream someday, we're going to have an epic chat. Uh, because the audience of none to audience of one is uh, is the large single largest improvement from null to in you know from null to one is like an infinite improvement. There's really no way to comprehend none to one and the 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 jump. So hopefully the first person that ever joins this live stream on a regular basis will become an integral part of this program. But anyway, having a chance of something being successful is enough reason in and of itself to do it, but how much sacrifice is involved in order to get it done. Also, time hack. If you want more time in the day, we need to name 
we need to give a half hour a different name than a half an hour. It needs to become a unit unto itself. Whatever that is, instead of having 24 hours a day, you now have 48, whatever it is, whatever we give that name. Now, it's like a if time is a resource, then we need to do a stock split. If time is a is a valuable resource, let's do a stock split. Give ourselves more time and make those half hour segments more impactful and more productive, um, trending towards the production that we could normally get out of an hour. Okay, so take a half hour, give it a new name into its own unit. Now we have 48 of those in a day. It automatically feels like we have more time available to us. Make those half hour segments more productive. Um, now, a good idea. Let me leave you with this. I'll show it maybe tomorrow on the show, but there's a whole bunch of websites out there with uh, live cams of geolocations. One of those is I created a, a, webs, uh, a folder called live webcams. Some of my favorite sites, skylinewebcams.com. Um, let me scroll to the bottom and see what the copyright notice is on it. It's just copyright by Visionary SRL. Uh, who is it? Where is it? What is it? Let me hit contact us and see if there's any indication. So they're in Italy. Skyline webcams. Now, let me tell you my my Shark Tank idea. If, if, if I were to ever be on Shark Tank, this is what I would pitch. But I don't know how to research the market. All I'm saying is I think that there's a huge demand in my mind because there's a demand in my mind. And if it's in my mind, I am not unique. It's got to be in other people's minds. I want to take a live cam of like Manhattan because they have one in Manhattan or the Eiffel Tower, which is, you know, they've got World Heritage Sites, World Wonders. They've got beaches. They've got uh, like here's New York 42nd Street. You can watch these live cams of these historic locations all around the world. I want like a picture frame. Like, you know how people put their digital pictures on a digital picture frame? I want something like that, but a higher quality screen and a larger screen so that I can have artwork hanging on my wall that has uh, the ability to hop on a Wi-Fi network. And I want to create like a GUI and a browser to be able to hop into the IP address of the display and be able to give it different source links, adjust the settings. I think that'd be the easiest way to do it rather than like a Bluetooth interface between the phone. But the point is, I want to be able to sit on my toilet and have like four beautifully decorated picture frames that are displaying live cams from different parts of the world. I want to be able to sit on my toilet and watch that. But it doesn't have to be a toilet. It could be an office. It can be on my office wall behind me here. The point is, I want, look at this. They've got the Milan Cathedral uh, they've got Venice, the Rialto Bridge. Let's click on one real quick. Let's click on New York 42nd Street. Now, this one is actually offline. Let's look at Buenos Aires, Argentina. Now, there are other services and other sites that do this. And you'd have to make sure maybe they have an API or something. They already have a way to share it. But look, this is in Buenos Aires. We're watching a live view of a street here the point is um i want to be able to have this in a, a picture frame that looks nice on my wall 
Now the problem to solve for is what do you do with like an ugly power cord? Because you can't drape power cords across the wall to an outlet. That's gross. So there needs to be some innovation there. And I haven't solved for that problem, but we need to chew on that a little bit. I was thinking maybe um, have like a, a general like board that is powered and decorative, let's say almost like like a shiplap type thing with power sockets that you put the pictures onto. And then there's only one power cord to deal with that goes to the whole unit to supply power. But at least that's just one to deal with. But what's another way? And, and maybe if you want to get really advanced, maybe you can put an outlet, a recessed receptacle behind this panel but is that too much work is there an easier way to do it using low voltage not romex and, and a and a single gang outlet is there an easier way to do it that doesn't require you know hacking into your wall is there a maybe a decorative way to send a low voltage wire somewhere on a wall i mean is there like a is there a creative way of like a decorative tape that you can put over a wire or is that too hokey like a i've seen some beautifully done external wire chases so that's the problem we need to solve for two things what's the best cheapest screen would it be better to just get these cheap tablets that are sold on ebay sold online a cheap tablet and build this 3d print a screen around it or would it be better to go the beagle bone arduino raspberry pi route to build this thing so you know my audience of zero, no one's going to do this thing. So I better do it. But if I had an audience, then it's which one of us is going to do it first. But somehow we're going to do this. I need my business, my day jobs to be successful and generate revenue. So then I can hire an embedded systems person on Fiverr to say, design me a screen. I would like it to be about a, maybe a 10 inch touch screen on an Arduino or BeagleBone or, or, or Raspberry Pi, and I want a 3D printed frame around it. But the idea is what's the cheapest way to mass produce a, an image with a, touch, a, a, a frame with a touch screen you can hop on your Wi-Fi network that's assigned an IP address dynamically that you can see what the IP address is up in the top corner if you poke the screen. And then you can use your phone that's also on the same network to hop into the GUI and be able to control what sources it will display. But I want to have live webcam art on my wall and by gum we're going to find a way to do it. And if it's not me, someone else better do it. I'm going to project it out there in the universe. By this time next year, I either want to be able to buy one of these, because I can't, I've looked. I want to be able to buy one, or I want to be able to make one and sell it to other people. There you go. Hot take, good idea. We talked about generating stories with chat GPT, with narration, voiceover, pan tilt zoom images. We talked about, I want live webcam art on my wall. Done. There you go. Well outro this is reality stretch um i'm spencer ingram copyright spencer ingram yada 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 almost 2023 can you freaking believe it i'm jazzed up i got 15 minutes to get to my 7 a.m appointment and i will upload this as a podcast later because i don't have time right now um go stretch reality